0: Hey, this is Kerry Watt. You are tuned in to Neptune's Talker, the podcast where I talk all about my debut album, Neptune's Daughter. And today I'm so excited to invite my friend and photographer coming all the way from LA. It's Hannah Haley. Hannah, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's really exciting to have you as a guest because you are actually the first guest on the podcast who was involved in the album in a non-musical Way You are responsible for all the incredible visuals, the artwork um, and the artwork that was on the, the two EPs that kind of led into the album. So we had a really fun, fun day together in December, a December LA day that we will talk all about. But since we haven't spent much time together other than that day, I thought it'd be really interesting to, you know, kind of talk a bit about you as a photographer. So you're from Oregon originally.
1: I am, I I grew up in a very small town in Oregon outside of Portland, Oregon. Um, I also spent some of my childhood in Northern California as well in a sort of busy suburban town. So um, yeah, my childhood felt very like contrasted. Like I remember my like very first memories were in like a nineties California Uh, suburbs just like riding my bike and listening to a lot of like hip-hop music (laughs) and then moving to Oregon when I was eight and then being like engaged in a very like like small town country music type like environment. I'm relating this to music since we are on the discussion of music but yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's where I'm from.
0: And you you picked up a camera at like in your teens kind of 16 years old what inspired you to first pick up a camera and take photos?
1: Honestly, it was to take profile photos of myself and my friends for MySpace. What's <laughs> <laughs> the reason? Yeah. Like, I think it was yeah, 2004 to 2006 like MySpace was such a big deal and I just needed a camera so we could take photos and like in that process of taking profile photos of each other like I realized that I was like naturally very like good or it became really easy to me, I guess. Um, And so in high school, a lot of my friends would request that I like take photos of them for various reasons. And that eventually led to me getting um, a film camera, which is when I think things started to get a little bit more serious um, because I realized that there was a technique to photography. And that was something I didn't realize before, but...
0: But that was sort of happened at the perfect time, right? Because what helped you gain a following early on was platforms like Tumblr and Instagram. Those things were new and exciting and people could go and discover art and photography in a new way. That must have been really useful without maybe you even realizing at the time how, you know, popular that would become.
1: I had no idea and it's it's so true too because I think like having lived in a small town and also this was um not to like date myself but this was definitely before social media so there really wasn't like a space to put your photography or something and like expect to have success that wasn't actually like an intention at any point which I think gave it a lot of freedom looking back because it just felt very like um more like a hobby Um, of mine that eventually did turn into commissions and being hired out for fashion originally were probably the first paid jobs that I received were for very like vintage clothing um, stores in the San Francisco area um, because I eventually moved there but yeah looking back I really had no idea (laughs) when I was uploading pictures online that they would be like setting the the stepping stones for this path that I'd be going down and eventually meeting you. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and were you like artistic in other ways growing up? Did you always kind of have an eye for visual stuff?
1: Yeah, I think looking back, I also forgot to mention this in terms of inspiration, but in my small town, we had one grocery store. I used to buy um W magazine I think I found this fashion magazine when I was 13 and I had never seen like f- uh, photo editorials before like that um because before that the other magazines I read were like I don't know like teeny bop celebrity magazines but um I used to decorate my room and create these massive photo collages of these magazine clippings and these like mammoth wall collages I made kind of looking back are like mood boards like they were kind of like the first mood boards they ever made but they were more just like referencing whatever was going on with me internally at the time but other than that I I was always artistic like I definitely I did a lot of artistic things I was in choir I was in drama Um, I studied musical theater for quite some time as well as acting and I think What always was important to me was just expressing myself. Um, But the visual part is just what came the most natural to me and just kind of kept repeating itself over and over again. And I think it was also the aspect of like documenting things in the moment was really, really appealing to me.
0: Interesting that you came from a background where you did theater and kind of drama and choir and all that kind of stuff, because I did too but I have like almost no visual like creative eye. (laughs) That's why I love working with people like you. I could put together, you know, a Pinterest board of oh I, I think I like this general vibe, but in terms of turning it into something actually interesting, um, that's where working with other creatives is so so exciting. So how did you how did you kind of evolve your style? I I mean I guess it was really natural but what was super appealing about your work to me was just how kind of unique it was dreamy a little bit ethereal how did you get there
1: i definitely think well granted there's been some time and i think this is a a great time to be having this podcast because i have been taking a break from from actively shooting so i've had some space to really reflect on my work and um, kind of like the ways that it's changed over time and also its origins and i think a lot of the feeling of it that kind of dreaminess of it has a lot to do with well just frankly like how I developed my photography work when I was a teenager was that I was very like isolated and kind of living in like a insulated dream world (laughs) of my own accord and I was very selective with who I would like get close to me so a lot of the people I photographed I don't know I just feel like I had a really um, like quiet relationship with light Um, And kind of just like noticing how light uh, touches um, and kind of illuminates people and also like shadows and angles and things like that. So I spent a lot of time looking at that when I was young. And I guess just over the years, I learned to enhance it through various lighting tricks or just kind of like editing sensations. But really, I think it's just like I constantly surround myself with... (laughs) a lot of imagery in general that also has this very ethereal look so it's kind of just like um, it's just it is interesting it's photography it's like it's always there like that dreaminess I think it is always there it's just the camera kind of like helps um, just capture it in an enhanced way kind of like makeup like how makeup brings out the beauty that was already there um, but it's just enhancing it
0: so from from taking those kind of early photographs and you know photographing vintage stores and things like that you then went on you've had a really super exciting career working for big brands like crocs and benefit makeup and um universal music and different artists and and models how has that kind of changed you as as a photographer going from kind of doing your own work to then I don't know if you get given a brief or uh, probably some kind of inspiration
1: yeah I think um it was really quick actually how involved I got working with in fashion um I'm trying to think back of like when it really shifted it was kind of like it was like pre-2015 almost all of my work was like exclusively like with models and just a lot of beauty but it was almost like a practice period and then from 2015 to t- to 2020 it was brands and um and big brands too just kind of like all of a sudden um taking my photography and catering it towards these pre like already predetermined worlds or um, predefined worlds excuse me uh, i'm trying to think of an example would be like doing this photo shoot for converse and like me being a teenager used to be obsessed with converse and just like this like full circle moment of just being like it's so (laughs) funny how that happened and same thing with models or brands just like meeting and working with people that i'd known for a while and then suddenly like we're working on this project together and I don't really even know, because it wasn't necessarily, like, a, a a goal of mine to be working in fashion, but I think what it was is, it was kind of, like, an integration of sorts. I think because my work, used, um, my origins were very private, I think it was kind of, like, this moment to take my personal, uh, intimate, kind of, like, young, feminine relationship with photography and, like, expanding it out to other realms which for me is the collaborative aspect and I think that's what makes being an artist so fun is that you have the choice to like work on things on your own or you can collaborate with others and make a whole new thing with like two like powers combined if that makes sense. I've had so many incredible experiences and I've been really blessed with like the clients that I have worked with because ultimately it was a lot of them reaching out to me with just like a very like a subtle theme and then really just trusting me to go with it which I also am really like again blessed and really appreciative of when that happens I think the same happened with us
0: yeah I so I had spent some time living in California myself and a lot of kind of my time there and the road trips I'd taken and and the sunsets and the beach inspired a lot of the album uh one of the main songs is called Waking Up in California. And then there's a song called Band of Gold. And so I, I had planned a trip over there just, I think it was before, it was before Christmas in 2019. And it was really just like a, a holiday, a vacation. And I thought, well, while I'm here, it'd be great to get some photographs of um of me that maybe I could use down the road for the artwork, although I didn't have a specific date set for the album yet but I did have the songs and I I was just doing a lot of sort of searching on Instagram and finding I would find one kind of photographer I liked and then I would see who they followed and and anyway I stumbled across you and just everything about your work totally resonated with me I think one of the major things that I was just like wow that totally um connects with the music that I'm making was the the kind of nostalgic aspect that I felt came through in some of your work and I just love that especially photos that you're taking you know out and around LA and so it was just really serendipitous I guess that I reached out to you you got back to me in time while I was out there and we found this day where we could go out and just have fun, really. It was just, it was a fun day.
1: It was so fun. I remember that day so well. I think it's also, in my memory, it's so compartmentalized, because it was, like, right before the pandemic, I think, like, two or three months before, and I'll just never forget it, because I think that actually truly was my last, like, the last photo shoot I did before.
0: Which is crazy.
1: Yeah, that was a very special day, and I think it was quite long, didn't it? It was like from morning to to evening, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. So initially I had I had kind of reached out to you saying I, you know, I'd like to try get something for the cover art of this record, but if we can get a couple more looks as well, that would be great and i had i had a bunch of outfits that i sent you pictures of and you came back with this amazing um set of mood boards three sort of different moods based on the songs from the album which i think you listened to a few of the album tracks to kind of get a vibe for the music which was super cool and Actually, just before our podcast today, I went back and I looked at those mood boards and I can't believe kind of how spot on we got it. Like you nailed those looks and those vibes.
1: (laughs) I know. I honestly I went through our I went through our final photos uh, yesterday just to refresh myself. And I was like, oh, these are good. Like, of course I know they're good, but I'm just like... And then I looked at the mood board photos as well and was like, uh-huh, I see, that's that's that. But I always feel like as a photographer, that's the goal is like, you're not necessarily like recreating pictures in the mood board. It's more so like you're embodying the, the overall mood of, of all of those collective images. And the inspiration photos we put together were a mix of things that you'd sent to me and I'd sent to you, and I remember the main thing that you presented to me was you wanted images that really played with this angle, kind of like this like fisheye, almost psychedelic angle, which I was so excited to play with, and I feel like looking through the photos we took, that really came through the most. Of course, the LA um, feeling and soul, but also like the loudness, because I think that was something from listening to your songs they had that live music loudness to them that I wanted to like bring out through these bright vivid high contrast colors and I think that we uh, did it so well
0: <laughs> yeah one of my most vivid memories is that at the start of the day I was like, okay there's this picture of Steve Martin Steve Martin's my hero and I want to recreate recreate the Steve Martin pose and we try it in like every setup. I tried to recreate this pose and we got a few of them. No one really went for it as the artwork cover. (laughs) But I think they're all there and they're pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I also remember as well that we wanted to play with some stars. I don't think the stars made it into the final cover image.
0: No, they didn't. I loved them too, but I think in the end I was going with the feel of I'm in a canyon in L.A., kind of thing and the stars was the stars was taking it to Mars a bit which was cool too because we had that rusty landscape and you did some really amazing things that people have asked me about so much and asked me if they were post-production things um, like the kaleidoscope that you used and the gels that you used and I'm always so excited to be like no Hannah actually used them <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think a lot of that. So a lot of my f- photographic technique. Uh, well, I, I what am I trying to say? I've shot film for a long time, 35 millimeters specifically. Um, and over time, like when you're shooting film, you just have to really, really, really understand light and how it's going to hit and reflect off of everything, basically, including like filters or sort of like highly reflective surfaces And so at some point, um, when I was shooting in a studio a lot in New York, um, I realized that I could play with gels and reflecting like kind of like light refractions in the lens itself. And because I just love film photography, I also love basically like analog anything, including analog filters. So I've never really been someone to sit on my computer and do like work on post effects because to me that's just very monotonous compared to like the invention of creating the filter itself in the moment to me like I just feel like I don't know like the old dad in Beauty and the Beast who's just like I have my little gadgets <laughs> or whatnot so um yeah these little gel filters they're basically they're filters that you you would use on like a lighting kit but I used to like to like cut them with scissors and kind of like stitch together like little tiny handmade filters (laughs) and then just play around with them in front of the lens and the kaleidoscopes as well i've slowly been collecting uh it's like a combination of chandelier shards psychedelic like eyeglasses that i'm sure you're supposed to wear to coachella on some sort of illegal substance but i just pop them out and put them in front of the lens And I have, yeah, like, a little developing um, satchel of crystals that I love to, I call them my my gems.
0: That's probably part of the ethereal thing. That's where that comes through, because it does look quite magic.
1: And I also think it has a lot to do with, um, I do a lot of film editing on the side. And I think, like, just putting together uh, visual worlds, I think the thing that I've learned over time is this aspect of depth and kind of like creating a 3d environment and I just feel when you're adding filters and things like that in post it's visually it looks really cool but I feel like it's the sensation of it is very flat so when you're doing it there live you are creating this depth this is almost yeah it's very dimensional to me which is something I don't know if it comes from me studying theater Production, perhaps, because something that we discussed a lot in those studies was setting the stage and just all of the layers that your audience ends up seeing. I'm sure that probably has something to do with it just kind of like being a part of my background. But
0: Yeah. And I need to ask you, because I have tried to remember so many times and I and I've tried to look it up and I can't figure out where exactly did we shoot cuz we basically met in like a Starbucks parking lot and then i just followed you in the car and i have no idea where those photos were taken
1: <laughs> well we shot in one of my favorite locations uh i believe I, I know it's in Burbank because i think like a theme that we wanted to work with was the desert and that happens a lot where I think people come to LA and want to shoot in the desert and then I'm like that's like four hours of driving I'm not sure we really want to do that but if we want to shoot in a fake desert there is this highway that cuts through Burbank and I believe it's Latunia Canyon Road or Latunia Canyon Park and I discovered this location uh, when I first moved to LA I used to like Sit on the maps and just kind of like look around and try to like gauge or guess what would be like a good photo shoot location. And then I would drive there with my assistant and we would just basically like scout in our spare time and kind of create like an inventory of options for when people came with me with ideas, I would have some location options just like ready to go. And I believe you were the first person that I shot with at that particular location. And I ended up shooting there again with someone else on a project that was totally different cuz it was at night. But those photos I just felt like turned out perfect. Like, yeah. And then we shot in Pasadena. We actually didn't shoot in Los Angeles for the for the city photos. That was all Pasadena. Yes. <laughs> because that dive bar was um there was this guy that I used I met up with on Tinder a long time ago. He was an actor and does a lot of filmmaking and i'm just laughing because i would always text him (laughs) and ask him for location suggestions and he suggested that dive bar yeah i was like i'm doing this photo shoot i need to find a dive bar that like is gonna have like i don't know just like no hipsters in it like just somewhere that's very authentic (laughs) i think it was called willie's no i don't know I'm sure it's in one of the images, like in the background. Part of me wants to go and look it up. but
0: It was cool, though. I mean, it was perfect for what we wanted to do. And what was really fun about that shoot, which I'd never experienced before, it was kind of like, let's just like run down the street and see what we can find. And like there was this one like real estate agent little shop. And we saw they had one of those old kind of 60s, 70s egg chairs in it. And you were like, just run in and sit on the egg chair and I'll photograph you from out here. And I was kind of waiting till the guy like went in the back and then I ran in.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was called the wild card portion. That's what I like to have. Because I feel like for the album cover, that was so pre-planned and very, very specific. And we put so much effort into that being designed, basically. And then I remember the Pasadena section, we were running down the street was to try to get as many shots as we could that you could use for multiple purposes I think for like singles and things like that so there wasn't really as much limit on what we could do and I like to call that um, I don't know in the moment like location hunting it's kind of just like whatever you naturally like stumble upon in that moment is the is the location and I think it's so fun to play that or to have like a couple of options where you get to do that on a shoot because I just feel like it feels like you're little kids like
0: totally it was well we found that old I don't know what makeup car is I'm not very good at this kind of thing but like this old rusty red truck that looked like it hadn't moved from this spot for like 20 years and I remember going to like lean on the mirror you know for a picture and I was like this is gonna just fall right off this truck so we ended up doing some photos like in front of it and around it again with the angles and stuff which it turned out so great and by that point it was later in the day and the sun was a bit lower and they just turned out so cool
1: oh my goodness and the outfits as well I meant to mention when I was looking through the pictures that they had like such a great like I don't know like Christina Aguilera music video quality <laughs> like it felt like just a a great like classic it's not even like a 2000s look because it looks obviously quite modern but
0: yeah yeah I think like that paired with the locations and then obviously bringing you on just really seemed to capture exactly what I had in mind you know for the visuals to go hand in hand with the music so success success. I
1: almost (laughs) forgot as well the last shot we did was you, like, kneeling on the sidewalk in front of, like, my car's, like, brake light?
0: <laughs> yeah, in the, in the dark. And funnily enough, like, I always thought, I wonder if I'll be able to use this photo for anything. And towards the end of last year, I decided to spontaneously release two EPs, which kind of featured one or two of the tracks that were going to be on the album that came out at the start of this year. And for the second EP, Chapter 2, I ended up using that photo for it. So I did get something out of, you know, every one of our set scenarios, outfits, vibes, times of day, like it's all been used for something, which is great.
1: That makes me so happy to hear. That's my dream.
0: Oh, well, Hannah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And if people want to check out your work, which I'm sure they will after listening to this, what where can they find you online?
1: Well, dear listeners, I am currently on an Instagram break, if you can believe it. But if that opens up again, which I'm sure it will soon, you can find me at Hannah Haley. And if you would like to look at my photography portfolio you can visit my tumblr hannahhaley.tumblr.com or my website honeyyuck.com which is spelled h-o-n-e-y-u-c-k but thank you so much for having me this was so fun to reflect on our shoot like gosh the last shoot before the 2020 and to revisit the themes and the concepts so fun
0: I know it's so fun because it's not something you would normally do and that's why I've loved so much about doing this podcast is um I've spoken to you know the producers some of my songwriters in future episodes I'm going to speak to um video directors from the music videos and just getting to relive it all it is exciting because the album was such a long process in the making it was 2018 that I you know started writing it and Here we are three years later looking back and all it's really fun. So yeah, thank you Hannah.
1: Beautiful.